How's your church doing well? Everybody's doing okay here this morning, week four of Follow. Hey, before we get into uh, our conclusion to this series, just want to uh, kind of give you a recap, highlight what happened Friday night uh, here at our Winter Park uh, location. A couple times a year, uh, we get our expansion team together uh, and just go over some things and cast some fresh vision. And we did that on Friday night, really, uh, really laid out what that team uh, is going to be uh, moving forward, some five different uh, corridors or lanes or kind of areas of focus for our intentional giving outside of what God is doing uh, here at Action Church. And the expansion team is open to anybody that identifies uh, with the gift of giving. So if you've gone through steps and, and that's one of your gifts, or you feel like God has, has blessed you, we'll talk about today, to, to be a blessing to others. Our expansion team could be for you. What is our expansion team? It's, it's people, uh, men and women, families who have decided uh, to return to God what is his, uh, the tithe, 10%, and then look for ways to give over and above that through the ministry of Action Church. And we do that locally, nationally, internationally, through uh, new locations, as well as our next generation uh, departments. And so you can find out more. Just contact your location pastor today. We'll shoot you a video recap of what happened Friday night if you want more information. I'm telling you all of that because one of the corridors, one of the, the focuses, if you will, is our next gen. And I wanted to make you aware that we've had some people in our church give a significant amount of money so that students can go to our Momentum Summer Conference that's happening this July. And catch this, yeah, catch this. Excited about the conference. You'll really be excited about this. The scholarships we have available because of this generosity from a few families in our church, we can send 220 kids to Momentum for free. Come on, that's tens of thousands of dollars for free. So if you're in here and you, you wanted your student, sixth through 12th grade, to go to Momentum but couldn't afford it, make sure uh, you, you contact our student uh, department or our location pastor, some of our location staff. 220 scholarships, if you know anybody, anybody at your school, on your street, in your neighborhood, invite them. We have a place for 220 to come for free. Last year we saw over 100 kids give their life to Jesus and we're just expecting for God to do even more than that this year through the generosity of, of several people. We did get the question, what if I already paid. Well, obviously you could afford it. <laughs> and so the scholarship's not for you. Uh, no, seriously, uh, come on, that's funny. Now, if, seriously, if you, if, you did, uh, if you did pay and it was a stretch for you and you need a partial or some help, just, just ask, just anything at Action Church. We have kind of a rule here at Action Church, never let money be a reason that you don't take your next step here at Action Church. And so... We just believe that we can come together and offer a scholarship or a discount. Just, just don't let money keep you from a Freedom Conference or a Momentum or anything that we do here at Action Church. I wanna, I wanna recap real quick. Hopefully you've been following along in this series. We did this series coming out of Easter because I thought it was important with the hundreds and hundreds of people that gave their life to Jesus at our Easter service and the thousands that have given their life to Jesus this year that we really talked practically about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. What we're called to do is to follow Jesus. In week one, uh, I showed up uh, the most insecure moment I've had at Action Church on the platform since the seven years we started. I showed up and for five minutes just walked around here and started a sermon in Crocs. And I wish you could have seen your faces. You're like, did he forget to change? Is he serious? He's made a lot of fashion statements over the years. I really, I think this one's a fail. Like hashtag fashion fail, Pastor Justin. And, and what we decided on week one is that we have to exchange this Croc style faith. 
that Crocs, I love them. In fact, you can probably notice these are way more worn than they were week one of the series because I'm wearing them everywhere now, like to soccer games, to the pool, just around the house, to the golf course before I put on my golf shoes. They are a great transitional shoe to really anything in life. But we decided week one that Crocs do not function well in every environment. They've got some holes in them, they're lacking, there's some things, and, and really you should not wear these in certain environments. They're more of a comfortable shoe or a recreational shoe, that we have to take off our recreational shoes and put on some real shoes. And the team put these follow shoes together for kind of branding for the series, but we need to put on our, our following Jesus shoes, our, our functional, our foundational shoes if we're gonna follow Jesus in this life. And we've been talking about that for three weeks, at the first week, that we have to lay down some things and pick up some things if we're gonna follow Jesus. Week two, we talked about the Word of God. And if there's any sermon this year or in the past couple of years that I think is foundational for your journey, it's week two of this series because you have to have a proper perspective of the truth of the Word of God. That what we plant will produce things in our life and what we plant should be the Word of God in our life. And then last week we talked about the importance of our relationships. And really this idea that there are some people that Jesus should be the center of our relationships and of our life, but there are some people that should be added to our circle and some people that should be removed from our circle, but that they're never removed from our sphere of influence that we're always called to help the hurting, help the lost, help the sick, help the broken. Matthew 16 has been our theme verse. Let's go there before we jump into week four. Matthew 16 uh, verse 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, we've been talking about that all three weeks, this is available to anybody that would believe that there are not, there are not mandates or sections or priorities, there are not people that, that get this or don't get this, that anybody can be a follower of Jesus, but it, it, it takes something on our part. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must. Come on, week one, not you should or you could. God is not a God of suggestions. It was not the 10 suggestions, you know what I mean, in the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. It wasn't, there's no, comment, there's no comment card in the kingdom of God. You must give up, you must give up your own way. And that's tough for us. It's tough for me. Love my feelings, love my opinions, love, love my ideas. But if I'm gonna follow Jesus, there's only one Lord, there's only one person in control. We must give up our own way, take up our cross, his, his purpose for our life, and follow Jesus. He says, and follow me. Ever say follow to follow me. Today, I wanna to talk about our, our relationship with God, following him in the context of our, of our conversations with him. Uh, I wanna talk about prayer. And I wanna to go to the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles chapter four. It's a famous prayer, but I, I wanna break it down a little bit different today and, and really bring some context to it. And I really want to, to, to teach us uh, a new mindset for prayer, if you will. Uh, not, not a model. There are models in Scripture that we can find. There's the tabernacle model of prayer that we've taught here at Action Church. There's the Lord's Prayer when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And we'll probably go over that again uh, in January for the first time in a few years as we go into prayer and fasting. There's spiritual warfare models in the Bible, but really this, this, this prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 is more of a mindset. It's more of a filter. It's more of a perspective in our conversation with God. Let's read the verse and jump in. Verses nine and 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one, he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do 
and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. My goal for our time together today is that when we talk about prayer, we have a different mindset. What if we prayed in such a way that God wanted to listen and respond? It was intriguing. Oh, man. Saying, God, man, I can, I, can, I can use that group of people at Action Church. To follow Jesus on this journey, you know, he's, follow, he's taking up his cross, he's, we're taking up our cross, we're following him, it's a light to our path, one step at a time. To, to do this journey well, you're gonna need a healthy prayer life. Amen. And we're gonna need to pray in a way that builds our faith. Yes, when I talk about prayer, people get freaked out. And I get it, because we started wrong. A lot of us, you grew up in church, you probably grew up praying this prayer as a child, come on. My parents are in this room and I still have nightmares about the prayer. Now I lay me <laughs> down to sleep. Pray the Lord, a soul to keep. And if I die, why am I dying? I'm four years old. Why is the Lord gonna kill me and why are we talking about it? Before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. Like, where's he taking it? I'm, not, I'm real confused. No wonder we're scared of prayer. I'm taking my soul in the middle of the night. You know, you want to see a grown man tremble, ask him to pray in a crowd. Oh, man. Hey, Jim, you want to pray? Uh, what? I'm going to do what? Yeah, just, just Jim, just, just bless the food real quick, right here. Like out loud? Like with audible words? Yeah, Jim, you're a communications major. You communicate for a living. Dear God. Got that tremble in his voice, you know, his neck's red. It's all nervous. God, thank you, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, Prince of Peace. He starts naming every name of God. You ever notice that? People get nervous when they pray. They start saying God over and over again. He knows his name. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not talking about, hey, Eddie, 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 Trent, 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 Kenneth, 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 Mark, Mark, Mark. You know, you don't have a conversation with somebody, just repeat their name over and over again. Just Father God, Lord God, Jesus God. Like, yes, Jesus is God. That is theologically correct. But I don't know why you just said that. It's weird. And we're just blessing the food right now. Jim, just say, thank you, Jesus, for the food. Amen. Like, <laughs> we make prayer so complicated. It's just a conversation. It's not like we're asking the pretty girl out in middle school. Like, we're all nervous. Like, we're going to say the wrong words. It's a conversation. It's a conversation with, with the living God. Yes. And that's how the disciples followed. They followed him for three years and they just had conversations. He taught and then he explained and then he healed and he explained. It was just conversational. And we say, Pastor, that would be easy if Jesus was here. And maybe you're right, but Jesus left and he says, it's better for, for you that I go away because I'm sending you someone greater than me, a comforter, a caretaker, an empowerer. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father to intercede on your behalf, and I'm sending you the third part of the Trinity, the, the Spirit, the presence of God that can live on the inside of you if you believe in me. So the conversation did not stop when Jesus ascended. In fact, it got more intentional, and, and Jesus was in one place at one time. The Holy Spirit can be inside of all of us at all times in every situation, and so we do have access to a conversation with God. It's not weird, it's a conversation. So I wanna look at this prayer of Jabez today, and I wanna get a proper filter on our faith, on how we should pray. I, I, want, I want to pray prayers that God wants to not only listen to, but respond to. First, uh, First Chronicles 4. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. We're going to talk about that at the end. First one, write this down. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, 
that you would bless me. I feel like there's some passion that God, oh, like me, oh, that you would bless me. First thing, write this down, pray for God's blessing. Pray for God's blessing. What is blessing? It's not what you see on Christian TV. Like this prayer of Jay gets a bad rap because prosperity preachers have, have used it to, to leverage some things, it's just not in there. Like following Jesus is not gonna be roses and rainbows, you're not just gonna have 17 cars and three mansions and everything's gonna be great. That's just like, I don't find any disciple in the New Testament that that, that was their story. Like either the New Testament is not true or we've really messed up some things in the church to make us feel better. See, we've, we've reduced God's blessing to just his provision. And the creators of the heavens and the earth, we, we've said the only way God can bless me is in this way. How limiting is that to the all-powerful God to limit it to what you and I can spend or inherit or invest? God's blessing is not just about money, but God does want us to be blessed. You can't give something away that you don't own. So we can't discount the blessing of God and say God just wants me to be poor and, and just not have anything, and if I have anything that's sinful, how could you be a blessing to others if you don't have anything? So I think God wants us to be blessed in various areas of our life so that we can be a blessing to others. Did you know that God never intends for a blessing to stop with you? If it stops with you, it wasn't God or you stopped making it about God. God is a river. He is flowing things into your life. His presence, his provision, his finances, his dreams, his, his resources. Rivers continue to grow and, and, and flow and bring life to a region or to a nation and they end in a place where they provide life. Too many of us have stopped allowing God to flow. We stopped being rivers and we started being retention ponds. Like the, the water flows in, but it stays. And we like it because it's God's blessing, so we build a fence around it and say, this is my stuff. God's blessings is a river. Don't let the river stop with you. We're blessed to be a blessing. Oh, that you would bless me, like, like really bless me because God's given me more than enough so I can be a blessing to others. Let me define blessing for you before we go any further. Genesis 12, two, this is God talking to Abraham. It says, I will make you into a great nation. This is, in Genesis 12, two, Abraham does not have any kids yet, so he's on a faith journey himself. God's saying, I will make you into a great nation. He's like, it's one problem, God. It'd be really hard to make me into a great nation if I don't have any offspring. It says, I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. That is how God provides. Oh, that you would bless me. It's not, it's not if you should be a blessing, it's when, if the blessing comes from God, it should not stop with you. You are blessed to be a blessing to others. The Hebrew word is barak, which means to kneel, the word blessing. And when used in this context, in the Hebrew and the Old Testament, it indicates a relationship between man who adores God by his kneeling. And then God, who benefits this man with his presence. 
So God, this is, oh, that you would bless me. Like Jabez is kneeling here, oh, that you would bless me. I am surrendered to your will. Would you give me more of your presence and more of your provision? God, that you would bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Before we move on, he never does anything in our lives just for us. It's always to tell others and show others and to make a difference with the blessing. Pray for God's blessing. Number two, pray for God to increase your influence. Oh, that God would bless me. Here's number two in the, the prayer. Expand my territory. Like God, God bless me, and I got this perspective that I'm a river, and I, I, I continue to flow in that blessing and to give away, but give me more influence. Like increase my territory. Allow me to flow into new regions, into new areas. Isaiah 54 says this, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. I love that statement. It's so full of faith. When God tells you to grow, sometimes we're like, okay, just, just, a, just a little bit of faith. No, he's saying, he's saying, do not hold back. Like, do not settle. Too many of us settle for what we could do in the natural. Strengthen, lengthen, expand, enlarge. But make sure we keep the filter of faith. Don't hold back. Don't hold back the desires and the faith and the expectation for what you and I can understand. God wants us to get to the end of our limitations because he does his best work between what's possible and what's impossible and too often we stay in what we can understand. And if you can understand it and you can figure it out, I wanna submit to you this morning that it may not be God. or it may not be all that God has for you. It may be 60, 70, 80% of it, but there's somewhere where we can't figure it out and that's where faith begins. Enlarging your tent means you have more to maintain. Come on. More influence means more responsibility. More money, more problems. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta have a kid, what a blessing. Week later, responsibility. Come on, two kids, more responsibility. So we're saying, that's what I'm saying, this whole blessing idea, it's fun and it's great and we get to reach people, but, but you have more work to do. That's why it's not like I'm gonna be blessed and it's gonna be easy. No, with more blessing comes more responsibility. With more influence comes more work. So we've got to, to pray and then we gotta plan. Like if we're gonna strengthen these cords and lengthen and enlarge, like we gotta have a plan. We gotta have a system. We gotta have a design. So we gotta pray and plan and work because we're called to leverage this blessing to make an impact for people. Amen. God, give me more. When's the last time you asked for more? Or are we just settling for, for comfortable? I like these shoes. I like this spot in life. It's, I finally gotten comfortable. What if God doesn't want you to be comfortable? What if he's asking you to follow him into a life of faith? I just believe God is calling us to more. That our prayer is to be, God, give me the faith to attempt something so crazy, so big, so large, that failure is guaranteed unless you step in. I can't do it, but I know you can. I don't know how. He's like, I didn't charge you with the how. 
I charge you to follow. We just settle for natural and supernatural exists right on the other side of our faith. So what are you dreaming about? Like we're following Jesus. I, I don't know about you, but, but dreams, just, just practically, dreams like, like aspiration and goals, they help me get through the day to day. And I believe our relationship with God is a relationship. So we're following him and, and it could become a little mundane and religious. We're obeying and we should and we're one step at a time and we should. It's the next step in our faith. But I think there's a posture in our faith that's like, hey God, where are we going? Like what's next? I think, I think we're, we're called to have one step of, of faith at a time, but I just think there's something on the inside of us when it comes to our prayer life, it's, it's really practical. Like, hey, what's around the corner? Like, what are we dreaming about? Like, what's the God-given dream in your heart? The, the ministry, the idea, the outreach, the, the business for your, for your kids or for somebody? You're like, what are, what are you dreaming about? Here's maybe a better question for our time together in following Jesus. What are you praying about? Like for real. What's on your list? I asked myself this question that my pastor said a long time ago. And I try and ask the church every year or two. If God answered everything on your prayer list, everything, would the world be any different? Or would just your world be different? God, that you would bless me and expand my territory, my influence. Too many of us have retention pond prayers. And we're, we're praying for things in those retention ponds that just can't happen. God, bring new life. There's no flow. Why would I give you more when it's just gonna die with you? <laughs> our posture and our plan a lot of times will determine God's provision for us. Here's the third one. I'm gonna pray for God to bless me. I'm gonna pray for, for God to, to give me more influence. Third one is, says, please be with me. I gotta pray for God's presence. I gotta pray for God's God, please be with me in all that I do. Not just on my Sundays, in my small group, but my Christian friends. Like we can't follow Jesus part-time. There's no part-time openings in the kingdom of God. Like it's a, like all, be with me in all that I do. Can I just, can I just help you? Don't pray the first two without the third one. Now, I want you to pray the first two. I, I, I really do. I, I wrote a whole sermon about it. <laughs> but you're in a dangerous spot if you pray for the first two and you don't get this third one. God, bless me and increase my influence. But if you do that, you're gonna need more of him than you've ever had in your whole life. Like, be with me in all that I do. Like, if you really get blessed and influenced, you're gonna need the presence of God. I love how another translation says it. I believe it's New King James. It says, God, don't take your hand from me. Like, bless me, give me more, but please don't take your hand from me. And the hand of God, especially in the Old Testament, was always used to symbolize his presence and his power. 
Remember Moses when he was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt? They're wandering in the wilderness because of disobedience, built idols and served false gods and made some mistakes. They're wandering for 40 years after they've been in captivity for over 400. They're finally at the edge of the promised land and they made some more mistakes. So God says, hey Moses, I'm gonna fulfill my promise to you. I'm gonna keep my promise. I'm gonna allow you to lead the people into the promised land. The problem is because of the sin in the camp, I can't go with you. So I'm gonna give you the promise, my presence has gotta stay right here. And Moses said, God, if your presence isn't going, I'm not moving. Like, don't take your hand from me. I want to be where your hand and your heart is, not where your provision is. And can I just tell you, you never want God's provision without his presence. So I'm gonna stay right here, where the presence of God is. I'm gonna stay where you are. Says, I'm not going unless you go with me. But too many of us say, no, 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 thank you, God. I got it from here. Like, I'll take it from here. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for the influence. I'll see you next Sunday. See you next season. No. God, I need your presence in everything. Please do it in all that I do. I think that's why it's a light and a lamp. It's, it's always a little bit vague because he wants us to seek him and not the answers. If God gave us the answers, we'd be pursuing the answers. He knows us. We'd be connecting our own dots. He's like, no, 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 I'm not gonna give you, I'm, I'm gonna just give you just enough so you keep following me. So you keep following me. If you seek the answers, you won't find them. And if you did find them, you couldn't handle them or understand them without the Spirit of God. But if you seek God, Catch this, if I'm following God, I'm always in the center of his will and his plan, the answers will find me because I'm right where I'm supposed to be. It's just simply, let me wrap it up. Let me put a bow on it. God's, God's plans are always discovered in God's presence. It's not the other way around. God, I wanna find your plans. Now, if you find his presence, and you spend time in his presence, his plans will be revealed. You gotta follow Jesus. Take off the Crocs, put on the follow shoes, not the leadership shoes, not the co-leadership shoes, not the suggestion shoes, put on the following shoes. Followers of Jesus, we listen to his voice. Gotta have his, God, what'd you say? And that's why last week's so important. That's why we need friends in our life because sometimes we're gonna miss what God is saying. You ever been in a car in the back seat and the two people in the front seat are having a conversation and you're only making out bits and pieces of it? Yep. And what'd you say? First of all, it's super annoying if you're in the front seat. You're like, would you listen? <laughs> but I feel like when we're new to the faith, somebody gotta catch this. If you just joined us, you're only picking up bits and pieces of this. You're like, who? Jabez, Chronicles, where are we? <laughs> where are we going? That's why we need small groups and we need people. We need somebody else in the front seat. Jesus is driving, but you need somebody in the front seat because you're gonna say, hey, what'd Jesus say? I know Jesus probably said this 17,000, 17 billion times. He kind of ran through that a little quick. I didn't connect all the dots. What'd he say? And we can begin to listen to him from him directly, from the word, but also from other people that can begin to show us, hey, this is what he, what he was saying. Hey, I'll tell you later. Quit interrupting Jesus. We gotta listen to his voice if we're gonna be people of his, his presence. Here, here's the last one. Here's the last one. 
God, bless me. God, give me more influence. God, give me your presence. Here's the last one. God, give me your protection. God, that you would bless me, expand me and my territory. Be with me in all that I do. Somebody needs to hear that today in everything. You're leaving God out of something. He wants to be with you in everything. Don't put him in a box. Don't put him on a shelf. In everything. Keep me from all trouble and pain. Truth is, if we do the first three, we're, we're in for a battle. Let's say it like this. Every, every, every blessing is followed up with a battle. Here's what Ephesians says, 6 verse 10. A final word. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. In our prayer life, there's gonna be times where we're, we're faith-filled and we're, we're moving forward and we've got all of this faith. There's gonna be a t- times when we're under attack and that's where this armor of God comes in. So if you're new to this thing, I would just pray this every single day. Really spend a few minutes and just pray the armor of God over your life. God, I pray that you would give me the helmet of salvation today. Remind me that I was purchased with a price, that I have value, that my mind is not my own, that I will not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but I'll be renewed by the transforming of my mind. I have the helmet of salvation. I have the mind of Christ. I'm gonna put on the breastplate of righteousness. Taking off my shame and my guilt, Jesus paid for it. And my heart is protected by my right standing with God, not based on what I did, but what Jesus did on the cross. The enemy can't lie to you and tell you who you were when you know who you are. Put on the belt of truth. That would have been the first thing they put on because it held everything together. The army, the, the army was so overloaded with this, this Roman, uh, this armor, it would have been heavy, but the belt gave it a foundation. It tied it all together and made it where they could stand up straight and fight, and that's what the belt of truth, God's truth, holds everything together. You will always feel lopsided or out of balance if you don't have the belt of truth, a center. Put on the shoes of peace because if you get blessed and have more influence, you're gonna have some stress, some worry. I'm put on the shoes of peace. Remind myself, Philippians 4, that I'm not gonna worry about anything. Instead, I'm gonna pray about everything. And God's promise is that he will give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. The time of the New Testament says he gives us a peace that the world can't understand. John's gospel. Just different. I'm gonna pick up the shield of faith. Come on, if you're blessed and gaining influence and time in God's presence, the enemy's gonna begin to throw some some criticism and some negativity and some fear your way. I'm gonna pick up the shield of faith because I'm not gonna let those darts come in and take my faith and turn it into fear. And then I'm gonna pick up the sword of the Spirit of God. A couple things. The Spirit of God is your empowerment that lives inside of you. The sword represents the Word of God. 
and it is our only form of offense. Your schemes, your ideas, your strategies will not defeat the enemy. You know what will? The Word of God. Because the lies are always exposed in the light and the lies are always defeated with the truth and you don't say what you feel or what you think, you fight with the Word of God. But to fight with the Word of God, you have to know the Word of God, week two. And his protection. It's a spiritual thing, but it's more practical than you think. We can put on that armor and we can fight. We'll close the series with this thought. We're following Jesus. And you know, one thing I thought of that would keep us from following him are our excuses. We all have them. Jabez could have had them. You know what his name was? Remember verse nine? Jabez, why? Because he was birthed out of pain. I, I don't know the story, but I, but I wonder if everybody he came in contact with would have been like, yeah, that's pain. He was born with a label, because in Hebrew culture, the names meant something. So his whole life, he would have been reminded of the pain he caused his mom. I believe we're called to follow Jesus even if it started with some pain. Like two minutes have an excuse, a pastor, you don't, I can't follow Jesus, you don't know what happened to me or what I did or what somebody said, my trauma, my abuse, my addiction, my, my pain keeps me from following Jesus. No, Jesus died for your pain. He went through all of his own pain so that you didn't have to go through yours alone. Your pain doesn't disqualify you, it qualifies you. In fact, the greatest source of your pain will probably be the exact place that God uses to give you provision and purpose because you have influence in that area. My pain is keeping me. What, what, what label, maybe it's not pain, what label is keeping you from following Jesus? What were you born into? What happened to you as a child? What did somebody do or say? What, what, what label? Excuses keep us from following Jesus. Remember Matthew 4, first week? It says, hey, lay down your nets and follow me. I wanna invite you as we close out this series, I want to invite you to lay down the labels, to lay down the pain, to lay down the insecurity, to lay down the injustice, to lay down the excuse and follow Jesus. Because they didn't know in Matthew 4 is what would happen at the end of Jesus' life, that the excuses were crucified on a cross. There was an exchange that happened where we no longer have an excuse not to follow because Jesus paid for all of it. The excuses were exchanged for this grace and his mercy, his forgiveness. Lay down the excuses and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Here's the last thing I wanna highlight. Jabez was known, come on, he was known as the one who prayed. What do people say after they say your name? Come on. They were the one who, fill in the blank. What if they replaced that 
today with that they were the ones who prayed. Like, I got no Pastor Joseph and Shola are praying for me. They are people that pray. I know Angie and Louis Lugo here and the Holdens at Oviedo and Naisha in Sanford. I know our prayer coordinators and our prayer force. Like, when I see those people, I'm like, you are people that pray. Like, really pray. Like, you talk to a God I'm not sure I've met yet, and I'm the pastor. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like, prayer. What if we were people of prayer? I don't know what's going on in their life, but I know that they, they're the ones who prayed. I think churches are built, and businesses are built, and families are, are built, and the foundation of all of those are people, people that pray. What about that action church? I don't know what they do with that church. They're people who pray. They believe God. And they don't have all the answers, but they always search for the answer in the presence of God. What situation are you holding on to that God is asking you to give to him? Honestly, I think the word for this service is we need to lay down some of our excuses, but we also need to lay down some of our control some of our ideas, some of our plans. And we need to tear down some walls that we've built and go back to a foundation and say, God, what would you have me do? Be people that prayed. How should we pray? That God would bless us. That he would give us more than we need so we could be a blessing for others. And when he does that, he'll give us opportunities. Like this week, this month, this year, God, give me opportunities to use that blessing to help others. Never let it stop with me. Let me make it about your presence over your provision. And then God, please, as I take a step out and follow you, protect me and keep me safe so I can continue to follow you and invite others to do the same. I'd love to close the series out in prayer. If you'd bow your heads at every location, worshiping online with us, every head bowed, every eye closed. We talked about following Jesus a lot these last four weeks. and Hundreds of you have given your life to Jesus and I think today there's, there's several more. As we've talked about talking to God, you realize that you're doing it alone. You don't have to. That verse in Matthew, you're doing it your own way and you realize it's just not quite good enough. There's some holes in your faith. There's some holes in your plan and you need a different foundation. Yes, it's prayer, but to start that conversation with God, you need to start a relationship with his son, Jesus. I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now to follow Jesus for the very first time, to lay down your sin, lay down your excuse, lay down your control, and follow him. It is important what the book of Romans says that we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord. That word Lord is important. We are not just accepting him as savior, but as Lord, he is in control. That is the first step. The first step is to surrender. So I wanna give you that opportunity right now to surrender your life to Jesus. Many of you will be for the first time ever. Others of you, you've held on to some nets. You've kept the Crocs on. You've kept it comfortable or conversational or recreational, but you've never given up your own way. Today's more of a day of recommitment. 
you're saying, Justin, I've included Jesus in my life for a long time, but I've never followed him. Today, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you for the first time in all of our locations or the first time in a long time of recommitting your life, would you just raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I am following him. Got you, man, proud of you. Yeah, yep. Two or three here on the floor. A couple more in the stadium. Yep, see you. Yep, proud of you. In the back, yep. All the way in the back. Three or four in the back. Back wall, yep. Got you. Right here in the middle of the stadium. Come on, Sanford. In Oviedo. South Orlando. Well, maybe you're worshiping online with us right now. Just raise your hand right where you are. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. So proud of you. You put your hands down in all of our auditoriums. Pray this in your heart as I pray out loud. Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you. I really thank you for saving me. I acknowledge today that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place, complete control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And God, I pray for all of us. Come on, let us wear that new title to our life. We are the people that prayed. When we don't understand, we pray. When we need something, we pray. When we want something, we pray. When we're scared, we pray. When something great happens, we praise and we pray. Now be with us in all that we do. I pray that we'd allow your spirit to influence our decisions, our motives, our desires. In Jesus' name. We love you. We thank you for meeting us here. It's in your son's name we pray. Everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them.